When it all came crashing down in Houston, I was dating Connie. I met her on OkCupid, but she claimed she'd seen me on the train before. And in some metaphysical way, I felt like I already knew her too. She was Chinatown ice cream, a seeming contradiction considering that most Chinatown residents shart their pants when introduced to lactose. Ice cream was a foreign object our bodies rejected, but being raised in America, we wouldn't be denied. We wanted our gummy bears. We wanted our hamburgers. We wanted our fucking ice cream. In the Chinatown ice cream truck, there was always red bean, green tea, and the dreaded durian. But Connie represented a special flavor that anyone from Roland Heights to Fairfax, Virginia would recognize. Black sesame. Our parents put red bean in ice cream, and Japanese heads even had matcha, but the greatest contribution my generation of Asian Americans has made to ice cream is undoubtedly black sesame. We'd seen black sesame in tangyuan, fried sesame bowls, and even pancakes, but to infuse creamy, whole milk, lactose-laden ice cream with black sesame was extremely fucking future. Each generation must have its own ice cream. This was ours. We complain about silenced minorities and the lack of Asian American voices in our culture, but it's not that we don't talk. Go to any boba spot or Chinatown ice cream shop on a Friday night, and you'll hear a lot of chicken talk. If you happen to be listening to this book in Alabama and there isn't a Chinatown ice cream shop for you to peep game, just go on Yelp, which also exhibits A, B, and C for the squawking Chinese American. Nothing encapsulates the overreduced Chinese American mind better than Yelp. We aren't quiet, we aren't devoid of opinion. We're an extremely passive-aggressive, tribal, prescriptive people who can't agree on how we feel about Indians. But it's extremely East Asian to even ask these questions, i.e., how should we feel about Indians as a group, as a race, but not as individuals? Other Asians, like Filipinos, are much better about these things and much more liberal in their acceptance and understanding of life in general. But if we keep it to the dogmatic three, China, Korea, and Japan, every opinion was reductive and authoritarian. In Korea, you have chables. In China, you have Confucianism, Maoism, Momism, while Japan has legislation on the proper way to fold and present a receipt. I once walked into a 7-Eleven in Tokyo, got a Pokari sweat, took a sip of said Pokari sweat, then walked up to the register to pay. When I reached the counter, homie said to me, you should not do that in Japan. Do what? Drink the Pokari sweat before you pay. Is this rule specific to Pokari sweat? No, anything. Do not eat or drink before you pay. Are you from America? Because your English doesn't sound like you grew up in Japan. I am definitely Japanese. I was born in Japan, then went to high school in California and came back to Japan so I know how people in America drink things before they pay. But you should not do it in Japan. It is very offensive. But I'm paying. It doesn't matter. I already thought bad things about you. Like what? That you are a thief. What if I don't care what you think? This is very dishonorable. It occurred to me early on that as an Asian American, what I think about myself doesn't really matter, nor do intentions, because the ultimate arbiter of our lives is public opinion. We go through our lives making calculations based on expectations and declaring judgments using our advanced research skills despite never really touching, seeing, or feeling the things we're judging. While the West anchors identity in the autonomous mind, I think, therefore I am, Asian identity is the sum of our judgments of other people. I side-eye, therefore I am. 